Hey there, I'm Paul Lighting. You're listening to Elo Governor, the podcast. Welcome to another episode of Hello Government, the podcast. I'm Abdullah, and with me, as always, is our bad movie correspondent, Sam. Hi. I have Wildstar on my laptop right now, so <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying, I want to play it, but it's taking so long. So I'm here um, now. I'm because <laughs> yeah. they always take too long to load. Anyway, we're going to be talking about, um, uh, what was it? We were, gonna record th- we were going to record this, like... A couple of weeks ago, but you know, work and all that shit and work. blah blah blah. Blah blah. And uh, we wanted to do this, and just like the Gary Daniels episode, this is going to be us, you know, focusing on one actor and talking about three movies and yada yada yada. You know the fucking drill. Yeah. Uh, and uh, our actor today is Michael J. White, who Woo! you might remember from uh, uh, Tactical Tactical Force, Tactical Force and. What was the last movie we talked about that had a minute other than uh, Tactical Force? Actually, just Tactical Force. <laughs> so, Tactical Force. Uh, we already talked about that. Great movie. One of my favorite movies. If you haven't watched it, watch it. Really fun movie. Watch the movie. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch movie, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm trying to delay the... I'm trying to not talk about... I just... I don't want to talk about Chain of Command. I really don't. But, fuck, we had to talk about this. Because this movie... Like, this is probably the most recent movie we ever talked about on this show. And it, it's... It, it's it's really shocking because you you would expect some you know some sort of like okay so w- while we were watching the you know it's it's a student film it's yep. it's a fucking student film with Michael J White and Stone Cold Steve Austin that All somehow found that, that, that somehow that somehow found a distributor and uh, found a. a found someone stupid enough to want to release it on DVD and Blu-ray. All the budget came from the af- from the hiring the two actors, so everything else, the effects, the stunts, After Effects. Yeah, it's all After Effects. This is like After Effects, the motion picture. Yeah. Um, and I swear to God, like, every fucking house that they, that they uh, shot this at, they, they seem like they're, like, neighbor houses or, like, a producer's house or something like that because it, it's... It, it's so fucking cheap. It reminds me so much of like the student films that uh, that college people make when they're at college. And you know, it's usually like a building and houses and a free park and all that shit. Somehow, when you look at it in a different way, it's like that's all they ever shoot. As in, in the corporate office, all they do is like sit and be chill until like they go. Until they go like final battles and stuff. Oh yeah, um, the guns, <laughs> the guns and the the big pew pew powers and stuff. <laughs> Sorry. Um, they couldn't, they couldn't buy real guns, so they bought like 
either BB guns or replica guns. Toy and guns. All, all the fucking, like, sound effects are stock sound effects. I shit you not, all the sound effects are fucking stock sound effects. And it's just depressing. Yeah. It really is. Like, even at, at like, a direct-to-DVD budget, this is just shit. This is just fucking shit. Yeah. I kind of felt sorry for Michael J. White there, personally. And then he was the one who tries to give it down. Actually, Stone Cold Steve Austin's only existence is to be sitting there in a chair, talking with a script in front of him, with drinking alcohol. Sometimes he's drunk. Yeah, we know, you know, the last episode like that. <laughs> I swear to God, there's an entire scene where Austin shows up and he spouts out exposition. And I swear to God, he sounds like a motherfucking drunk ass. <laughs> he, got... like he sounded wasted. <laughs> yep. Basically, basically, that's the good after life. If you can just sit down and do all that shit. I, that's why I was praising Gary Daniels in um, Hunt to Kill when he was, like, sitting in the background just taking chills. Like, oh, I bet he's he's doing a chill actor's life there. At least when Gary Daniels did that shit, he looked badass. Like, when he, light, when he lit up a cigarette and, like, was drinking wine, he looked badass. Like, Stone Cold just, just looks fucking bored. He's like, why am I here? <laughs> yeah, and we didn't even get any good build-up from Stone Cold Steve Austin. As in, he died in a gunshot fight. He didn't die with epic action ass-kicking with Michael J. White. Anyway, no, 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 no. He didn't die from a gunshot. He died from shitty after effects. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Because the scene is so fucking retarded. He, like, he shoots a bullet and somehow it ricochets <laughs> on Stone Cold and it kills him, but it, it's after effects. Everything is fucking after effects and it's just depressing. <laughs> it's depressingly terrible. Uh, yeah. This, yeah, I still remember one guy's death is basically a uh, plank to the face. <laughs> oh, God. Can, can we talk about the fight sequences? Like, okay, Michael J. White, MMA, you know, former MMA guy, badass fighter. Yeah. I said this about <laughs> Gary Daniels as well, but, you know, you know, badass fighter, badass dude, badass actor, you know, the full package. Pretty much. And you put him against guys that don't know how to throw a fake punch to save their lives, and it's just embarrassing. <laughs> Watching him fight in this is fucking embarrassing. Basically, basically, you get basically get Michael J. White actually giving somewhat of a damn doing this, and then the opponents are usually like you know, like slapping. Like fake slapping each other, fake slapping, fake punching, and you kind of—it's kind of obvious that the other people do not get a choreographer for the shit, and it just ends up looking so awkward when Michael J. White just like obliterates all of them. And I, and notice like every problem he has in this movie, he solves it by kicking. Yes, <laughs> he can. That's basically the—that's obviously the only good way in action films. Everything solves through punching. And sometimes exposition. And I swear to God, there's this fucking scene where they invade his house and they kidnap his sister. And... <sighs> is that a sister? I'm not sure. It's, I thought it was, like, love interest. No, the love interest is a journalist. Ah, uh, yeah. Like, they kidnap his sister or wife or whatever, whoever the fuck, I don't care. 
they kidnap her and and he saves her but then it's like oh the guy beats him up and then he just dies it's like he just fucking dies i don't what did what did she kill him with? Did she kill did she kill him with a knife or pipe wrench or something? Because it's, uh, it's... Uh, yeah, that that's the scene where the two quote unquote gas people were like were like walking and they were checking the uh, checking the oven thing and then yeah they were they were gonna kill the thing and then Michael J. White they just they just kick his ass and then the and then the guy didn't and then yeah when he was about to like getting killed the girl just hits him with something we never get to see the item i always thought it was something blunt but we can't see any like blunt force in the head so we don't see any like injuries and stuff so ugh. also that turn when yeah. he has the gun and he's turning around <laughs> oh god that was good <laughs> It's kind of obvious in this movie that at least Michael J. White's trying to make the best out of a bad movie, even if the bad movie's... Oh, he didn't give a shit. He didn't fucking give a shit. Like, he is just in Kevin Costner mode. Yeah. Like, throughout throughout this entire movie, he does not give two flying fucks. He just looks embarrassed or annoyed. With a flat cap, if I were to call (laughs) it. And a scarf. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the most hipster thing. I just love that scene. The only... Okay... The only reason you should even, well, you shouldn't even watch this to begin with, but one of the only highlights of this movie is Michael J. White killing a guy with a scarf. (laughs) (laughs) He technically just strangles a dude with a scarf. That's it. Most effective weapon in the movie. And he can Uh, teleport. You forgot to mention that he can fucking teleport. I like every scene. He just appears. We don't know how far the two settings are. He just magically appears in in the scene on this like the same day and it just looks so awkward it's like is he nightcrawler is he a ninja does he know teleportation powers <laughs> he spawn he <laughs> still spawn <laughs> oh my god we should talk about that next but yeah no, 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 i'm not i'm not done i want to vent about this movie some more cuz this movie is a is a great example of how not to make a movie. There's okay, so there's another scene where he goes to interrogate a guy and then he shoots him in the head. And I swear to God, when he shoots him in the head, it's the worst fucking After Effects gore shot I have ever seen. Yeah, basically they used like stock green screen effects. They downloaded somewhere for free or by YouTube. It kind of looks obvious because like the next couple of scenes, it's like, oh yeah, I still remember one gunshot to the, I think the leg, and then all it did is like painted it red throughout. It just splatters red throughout the pants. And it's 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 really hard to describe this movie because you have to watch it for yourself to really to really it's it's Manos levels of incompetence. Yeah, it, it really is. It really is like I, it's just so fucking. Just badly made and dull. It's yeah. the most dull movie we've ever watched on the show. And it's kind of disappointing. I, I, uh, what was more dull than this? Do you think uh, was was not even at least a, at least what was it? The Cuba Gooding Jr. and Dolph Lundgren movie. At least that had actual action yeah. sequences. Yeah. It didn't suck ass. And at yeah. least like the package with with Stone Cold Steve Austin and Dolph Lundgren, you had a couple of good scenes in there. Oh dear God, but, Dolph Lundgren. Don Grin killing people with a butter knife. That was so freaking awesome. 
yeah, that was really cool. But here it's like there's nothing. There's yeah. nothing like outside of like Michael J. White killing a guy with a scarf. Nothing matters in this. Like nothing is like yeah. oh this is really good. And Stone Cold, my God, he tries. I'll give him credit. He's the only guy who's like trying to 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 give a shit because he gives this little speech about being abandoned and and following orders and all this shit. And I'm like, God bless you, dude. You're trying, but it's yeah. just not working. Yeah. Basically, I still remember one of the notes you said is like, what well, the main bad guy looks like your old teacher from college. <laughs> Not the main bad guy, but the guy that Stone Cold works for, the ah. the old guy with the with the bald head or something. He just looks like my old IT teacher for some odd reason. <laughs> yeah, so we will just nickname the guy Abdullah's old IT teacher. And let's talk about the villain of the movie, the fucking albino motherfucker. <laughs> uh, yeah, damn it! I like I, 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 I swear to God, like when I say albino, I don't mean like light skin. He just has like really light, light, light gray hair and, and a light beard, and he just looks so fucking weird. He looks like a freaking ghost. <laughs> And, and and again, it's like, oh, we killed off Stone Cold, the only guy who can fight Michael J. White hand-to-hand, so final fight is a fucking piss-poor knife fight. Enjoy. Yeah. It was the, the sad, sad reality that you can never see Michael J. White and Stone Cold Steve Austin fight each other in awesomeness. At least with a, with a, hunt, with a hunt, hunt to Kill, we got to see, you know, Gary Daniels or Stone Cold Steve Austin. That was awesome. That was and that's why, awesome. I, and that was like I can't like when we talked about a hunt to kill. I was like, it's it's an okay movie. It's not a bad movie. This, on the other hand, is a fucking terrible movie that no one should fucking ever sit through. The fact Amen. that this got released in 2015 amazes me. Oh yeah, 2015 last month. Yeah, it was just it, released it, last month. And, and it's supposed to be an army movie, but like the only army footage we see is bullshit stock footage before the titles. Yeah. That's it. That's it. And because they're too cheap to actually show army flashbacks, oh we get bullshit exposition. Um, box office is $5 million estimated budget. Bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not believing it either. I always thought it would be like, what, under like two to three hundred thousand? I'd imagine it's like... The, I'll tell you what the budget for this movie was. How much? Fifty bucks for like the After Effects and like a paperclip for everything else. <laughs> hey, all hey, Stone Cold is all chill drinking, drinking alcohol a lot of the time, so we're good with that. <laughs> like, and 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 uh, and and you're like, oh, well, what about the plot? It's like, what plot? What plot? <laughs> Michael J. White. M- Michael J. White is a former army guy. His former captain or whatever teammates turn to selling drugs, and he has to stop them. And blah blah blah. Who gives a flying fuck? Nobody gives a shit. I. And then I... toward and then towards the end of the movie, it becomes the fucking room. Where they, well, that one guy shows up and he's like, where's my fucking money? And I'm like, what money? What money? I mean, the entire thing is just breaking down to a lot of exposition. As in, they just go to one scene, they talk about their feelings, they go to another scene, they talk about feelings, there'll be like some fight scenes in the middle, and nothing else happens. That's about it. That's basically the entire thing of the thing. It doesn't even try to be interesting. The 
the dialogue doesn't even try to be good. It's just exposition, exposition. Do you think I almost fell half asleep watching this movie? I almost fell like half at, asleep. At, at, at least with, like, uh, the Dolph Lundgren movies that we watched, at least those had something. Yeah. This, this is just shit. This is just this shit. This is just... The, I, I think this is like I think next to a haunted house two and haunted house one, this is like the worst movie we watched for the show. I think. Amen. I don't like it. I th- I, this is worse than Knucklehead. At least Knucklehead looked decent. This is just terrible to look oh. at. Terrible to to I fucking give a shit about. And it's just and and it pisses me off because Michael J. White and and Stone Cold were in Tactical Force and, and they, they were, were awesome. awesome together. They were awesome together, but the problem is that they cannot fight. They cannot fight against each other because reasons. Because it, they couldn't be, be bothered to hire a fucking choreographer to choreograph some of the fucking fights. Yeah, <laughs> the the enemies that Michael J. White had to fight. <laughs> also, they, can we talk about can we talk about fucking eye patch guy and 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 two hooked bartender? Those were the best fucking characters in this entire thing. Only there to try hard to be quirky. They they failed. <laughs> they failed. I'm sorry. No, I, I shit you not. Like, he goes to a bar and then he sees, like, a, the bartender has, like, two hooks for hands. Oh. Like, he has, like, two medical hooks for hands. And I'm like, oh, holy shit, it's Bust- Buster from Rusted Development. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they, I think they're trying to make it, like, a self-aware action, but it doesn't even try to be funny in a way so all it is is just out of place it's like oh great a black dude walks into a bar full of white people stuff like that and it's like are we gonna get a bar fight nope no nope. he just roughs up a couple of guys and then is like stop just just stop <laughs> I still he remember- literally goes stop just 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 stop <laughs> And I swear to God, that was in the script. That was fucking Michael J. White realizing that he's in a piece of shit movie, and he's like, Thank you. "Just, just stop! I don't want to do this anymore." Yeah, but you know, but you know, you can you, you gonna applause him for the spin kick. The spin kick was still good. It's just embarrassing seeing him fight these fucking idiots who don't know how to throw a fake punch or like you couldn't hire stuntmen. Like you couldn't. I wait. And wrestling sites, really? Anyways, no, I'm, I'm, I'm like, you couldn't hire fucking stuntmen to to or to actual do fighters, or actual yeah, you could not a freaking fight. You couldn't hire like I don't know, like go to a fucking indie wrestling show and hire some indie guys or something. Yeah, that you know, nice. like something. It's like you can't. I swear yeah. to God. I swear to God. And they used the same fucking three bald guys in the entire fucking movie. There were like three fucking bald guys, and they were playing like six different roles. Yeah, I swear it's, to God, it's true. Basically, goons, goons, and goons. Nothing else. Like, in, fuck it. Fuck this movie. This movie's terrible. This is like easily like the worst. Worst movie. Uh, most worst direct to DVD. We should like so far. This is the worst movie we've watched on the show. And like next to Haunted House and Haunted House Two, this is like the worst. Yep. Bottom of the barrel shit stains that we had to watch. Yep. So I don't watch this. Please. This don't. movie's terrible. Don't Please. don't bother. It'll make us sad. <laughs> we'll kill you if you watch it and say you'll like it. I, unironically. 
<laughs> we will. <laughs> All right. So, what next on our Michael J. White movie thing? Well, we're gonna have to talk about the um, one. Well, I wouldn't say one big, but uh, would you say this is the biggest movie he's been in? I'm not like sure. The most? I'm not sure. I think he's been in a lot of movies, but. Basically, Michael J. White attempts a superhero film. Yeah. <laughs> Spawn. Spawn. Oh, God. Spawn. <laughs> oh, fucking God. Um, I will give them points. At least they make... They at least fit the tone and the atmosphere of the original source material, unlike the more modern movies that try too hard to be gritty. I'm staring. At least it's... Like, I know people are going to get pissed off at me. I'm not saying this is a good movie. It's not. But there was some fucking effort put into this. Like, they, they tried to make the characters look like the, look like the comic book counterparts. Yeah. The, 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 uh, the practical effects are really good. Yeah, actually, the practical effects are really good. Practical effects are really good. The spawn suit looks really great, you know, yeah. nothing wrong with it. But the problem is the writing is fucking terrible. The writing is it's, fucking cheese. It's cheesy, it's just, it doesn't even know what it wants to be. It's like, like when this movie came out, it's a PG-13, and the problem is, when you make a hard R-rated character like Spawn a PG-13, it's gonna really hurt the material. Problem and it shows with... the movie. So, you, you, you first, sorry. No, it shows in the movie because, like, Spawn is a really dark, hard R, gritty comic book. And for some odd reason, they're like, oh, let's make it PG-13 so more people can see it. That is, no. No, that's no. Basically, this is the problem with Mortal Kombat. This is the problem with Fist of the North Star. And most likely, this is the problem with Spawn. You can never make an R-rated source material PG-13. It's... It doesn't make... It doesn't feel right at all. Seriously. Yeah, it doesn't because... Again, you, you're... I hate this idea that, oh, let's censor shit. Let's make it PG-13 so more kids can see it. More kids can see our, our, our implied R-rated explosions and deaths and dark demon imagery. Sure, sure. That's, that's how you're going to let kids watch that. Tone you know, I know, I know a lot of people give Fox shit for owning the X-Men rights, but if they didn't own the X-Men rights, you would have never gotten an R-rated Deadpool movie. That yes. would have never fucking happened. Yes. Because Disney is too fucking puss... Disney will never release an R-rated movie under their banner, ever. They're, unless it's like Miramax. Yeah, unless it's like some, one of their other parent companies or parent distributors, but under, like, their main label, they'll never release an R-rated movie. Yes. Like, the highest they'll go is PG-13. Yes. And even then, they're fucking really strict about the content of the, of the uh, PG-13 stuff in there. I gotta tell you, one of the things that irritated me most about the film was the 3D special effect, as in the opening credits was, like, a mind-fucking bad acid trip. Oh, the devil. The hell scene. That was really terrible. <laughs> the hell scene was just laughable as in i kind of get that they want to make they want to make it look hellscapey but in a way it also makes it look like a bad windows 95 screensaver basically the maze game warped with awkward trippy effects 
I think the best thing about this series was like we got the HBO animated series of Spawn, which if you have not if you have not seen the animated Spawn series, check that out. That's really fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just like I'm I'm just gonna say it's not the worst superhero movie out there. There's plenty more worse than this. Trust me. <laughs> like Abdul- fucking what was it? What was it? The Hulk. From 2003, uh, I think the Hulk from 2003 was much worse than this. Yeah. And what was it, Trank's Turd? Yeah, that's another worse movie than this, hands down. Yep. Hey, there's also, like, a lot of positives. Like, John Leguizamo was actually very good as the Violator. Oh, the clown? Uh, he was really good. Yeah, he was really good. Isn't he kind and, of... And, and again, like, <coughs> like, you gotta hand it to the practical effects guys, because if you look up a picture of John Leguizamo, he looks nothing like the clown. Yeah. But they managed to make him look like the fucking character. And I like that. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, as in, why can't... Why can't we? Why can't we have more practical effects? Why we rely so much on CGI? Stay tuned. Like for that's the, like that's my kind of my, that's my problem with. I'm I'm sorry. I I, I am I'm a, I'm a practical effects guy. I, I always think practical effects are much better than CGI. And and Pacific Rim can go fuck itself because that that shit was terrible. <laughs> I hated the CGI in Pacific Rim. You know. Come at me, I don't care. I fucking hate Pacific Rim. That was a terrible movie. I am annoyed by their sword. It's not a sword. It's a... It's a... What do you call that? It's one of those assassin stab weapons. Like, to me... Like, here's the thing. We look back on the old Godzilla movies, and we kind of laugh at them, but there's an enjoyment out of them. Yeah. Seeing the guys in in those suits and all the wacky shit that they did, and, and the Godzilla versus with Jet Jaguar movie... Yep. That was really good. You don't see that kind of appeal anymore. As you don't. Now, as in nowadays, it's all CGI related. As in, that's why we're so annoyed with Chain of Command, because it was so reliant on After Effects that nothing felt personal anymore. And and speaking of practical effects, the tournament, a movie I went into thinking that was going to be a piece of shit, had awesome practical effects. Yes, yes. With people fun. exploding, and it's... And they could have made that with fucking CGI, but they chose a, a practical effects, and I'm like, why is this not more popular? This is they, how you fucking do an action movie. They drained all the money twice, you've told me. Yeah, but it... And, and the fact that they drained the money twice and still made a great fucking movie? That's yeah. amazing. Yep. I'm, I'm sorry, Let, let's talk about the tournament. Can we talk about the tournament and... Uh, how fucking awesome that movie is! All right, well, all right, because, we'll talk about it. Because we'll I really, it. really like this movie. I really like the tournament. The tournament is a great example of how to do an action movie right. This is how. This is the type of movie Josh fucking Whedon can wants to make but can't. Basically, I kind of like the characters. The characters are at least interesting and intriguing in their own way, and we actually had a fondness for Hindu Scarface. Seriously. Like it's that was a fun movie, but I'm not gonna get into too 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 much detail because I don't really don't want to go off topic. But that's an, an example of a good movie. Yeah. The problem with Spawn is like it, it it's it's trying, but it's held back by bad writing and and, and a rating that hurts it. Amen. Like there's effort put into this. That's why I really can't hate it any that much because at least you know, they tried. It, at least there was some fucking effort into it. At least there was some fucking effort and, and 
and th- there was like people gave enough of a shit to try and make a decent Spawn movie. Was it good? No, it, it was it was like yeah, you know, it was mediocre. But compared to shit like fucking the 2005 Fantastic Four movie, I'll take that. I'll take Spawn over that any any day of the fucking week. I, I still remember that um there there was the scene that I there was the scene involving the, yeah there we go the narrator was like expo, exposition and all that shit and then and then. Spawn entered the house where his old girlfriend used to be, and then he just turned her, turned back with the other saying he's going back to his old life, and it's like it, the guy is definitely stalking Spawn, and it was kind of hilarious. <laughs> also, I think that another thing that really hurts this movie is Michael J. White's green acting. He cannot do <laughs> drama. Oh, that's yeah. Funny. He just <laughs> he just. He got better over the years. I mean, he got a lot better over the years. Like, if you have, like I said, if you have not seen Black Dynamite, watch it. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, it is. And like you know, again, I you know people don't want to hear me say this, but Michael J. White is one of my favorite actors of all time because he's so fucking charismatic and charming. It's it's amazing. Like when he when 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 he plays a really fun character like Black Dynamite, you're like, oh, I I love this guy. Yeah. When you give him like a, a, a gritty, dark superhero, he, he just can't do that. He really can't. Yeah, like like Mike, like Steve Austin, Michael J. White works best when he actually puts heart into his movies. I mean, if you see him between in Chain on Command and something like Black Dynamite, Tactical Force, you kind of see that his awesomeness just strikes through and bursts through, and it's kind of awesome seeing him fight like actually fight and that was just damn and speaking of so spawn meh if you want to watch it go ahead it's not that really it's not bad it's not super bad it's just mediocre yeah yeah practical effects was good john lucasama was good it was anyways now to go to the good one that we like so much blood and bone blood and bone is one of my favorite movies of all time i really really like this movie. This movie blew my mind. Like, because we went into this thinking, oh, it's going to be really cheesy and shit. But holy fuck. Holy fuck. <laughs> like, that... the, opening se- the opening scene, Kimbo Slice comes up to Michael J. White and is like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shank you. And he beats those motherfuckers. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Yep. It's, yeah, it's the type of movie that ev- there will always be a really awesome fight scene, no matter what, where, where, where you turn. And there's a lot of wow factor, especially on how quick but beautiful the fights were. They were well choreographed, and I think the enemies were, are usually like the actual professional fighters, mixed martial arts people. Yeah, there were some, a lot of MMA cameos that the guy from... Uh... The start, in the prison, the guy with the big beard, that's Kimbo Slice. He's an MMA fighter. And there were other cameos that I didn't I didn't really pay that much attention to. But and as a straight-to-DVD movie, I'm shocked it's straight-to-DVD because this is a really good movie. And, like, you can – like, the UFC, there was, like, a tap-out was, you know, product placement on this. And I'm like – when I saw the tap-out shirt, I was like, was this supposed to be a theater release at some point? Because – this looks way too fucking competent to be a fucking straight-to-DVD movie. Yeah. Basically, the entire premise is, as a part of his vengeance for killing brother, um, killing us, I think, inmate friend, 
the Michael J. White, released from prison, kicks a bunch of ass in an underground fighting theater with Dante Bosco as the manager as he fights up the ranks to fight the guy who killed the inmate and inmate who had a family, by the way. Can we talk about Dante Basco and really appreciate how much of a fun actor he is? <laughs> yes, please. I love him in this movie because he's so fucking over the top, but I swear to God he's improvising half this fucking shit. Yeah. yeah. Be- best line in the movie, and I'm fucking Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> I want someone to take the old episodes of Avatar and Jake Long and and redub it with from dialogue with this movie. Vance, you got yeah. an opportunity. Please give us a please give us a video of Jake Long and or Prince Zuko and or the Aro the second from Legend of Korra saying all those lines from Blood and Bone and we will we will praise you for life. Thank you. <laughs> Oh my! God. I just love Dante Vasco. He's just one of those characters. He's just one of those actors who's actors who's just so fucking charming and and just hilarious. I I just I can't explain it. I can't explain why I like the dude so much. Maybe it's because he he kind of feels um pathetic, but in a way it's kind of fun pathetic. <laughs> and he just has that voice. He just has that fucking voice that I'm like, the, oh, I love that the guy. Whiny, the whiny little kid voice that has so much bravado. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yep. And can we talk about the hammer? I love the hammer. He is amazing. <laughs> I swear, I've seen him in a very awkward video once involving Anthony Birch, but I don't remember. <laughs> Cause, Cause, the hammer is this big, bald, black guy, and he is—he is amazing. Cause he chews up the fucking scenery, and I'm like, I love you so much. <laughs> it, basically, everyone in the movie is kind of good, especially badass grandpa who died in the middle of the movie. Spoilers, but I like badass grandpa. He looks so badass. Oh God, I—I I love the villain as well, cause he's the. Typical car, you know, suit wearing villain, yeah. but but he's so subtle about it. Like he's so subtle, and then there's this whole Genghis Khan bullshit, and I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever, dude. Yeah, like they were in, they were in, like they were in, like a room, and then he's talking about Genghis Khan, and he and he was praising Genghis Khan, and I'm all, dude, he made like ten percent of the world's population with his moment in his. Exploit, and the fun part is, is like the guy has this Asian themed thing going on in his house. As in, when in one of the party scenes, I kind of saw Warriors Orochi on TV. As in, it was a it's a kung fu based video game. Koei fans would know this, and it's just total Asian foe man weeaboo, total weeaboo. <laughs> Who dresses up like the principal from Recess? <laughs> yes. Damn it, Detweiler! <laughs> Damn it, Michael J. White! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, and, and, oh, God, the final fight with the swords. Oh, wow. Dear God. <laughs> basically, basically, the, basically the, the next couple of minutes was just me and Abdullah all... <gasps> we were just, like, silent or just, like, Damn. 
I, that moment made me made me want to praise Michael J. White as our new Pierre Kirby. But he's not our Pierre Kirby. I don't know about that, because, you know, Scott Atkins is pretty badass. <laughs> yeah, we can, we'll talk about the tournament with the Scott Atkins and the guy from Trainspotting and the girl who voices um, Devorah from Mortal Kombat go to get, and Vic, Vic Rames. Yep. <laughs> God, I love Scott Atkins and Undisputed too. He's so fucking badass. Basically, basically all we want is to find all the badass actor actors in directed DVD movies, and we'll be finally happy. This is our happiness right now. Also, Undisputed too. That's another great fucking movie that you yeah. can watch. That was just wow. <laughs> Lots of fun moments also with Michael J. White like him in the Russian commercial and the shower scene's actually hilarious I cannot stop laughing with when the when the when he fought all those Russian soldiers naked and then he's and then the guy sent more Russian soldiers and the next thing is him like giving in and taking a shower a cold shower I was just laughing so hard <laughs> I and also like what's cool about the Undisputed series is like the next two Undisputed movies that they're doing like Undisputed 3 and Undisputed 4, Scott Atkins is the main character. I'm like, yes! Yes! (laughs) Oh, God. I love you, Scott Atkins. You're fucking awesome. He can can do a fucking flash kick, for God's sakes. Any guy that can do a fucking flash kick earns my goddamn respect. (laughs) Please, we beg you, be in our podcast. Also, what's cool is, like, they're doing Jarhead 3, and and, and guess who's going to be in Jarhead 3? Jarhead 3? Sorry, sorry about that. There's a Jarhead 3? All I got is Jarhead 1 and Jarhead 2. There's Jarhead 3. Like, it's it's there on IMDb, if you haven't found it. Alright. Wait, I found it. Found it. Yep. Maybe I should watch the Jarhead series. Maybe it'd be nice. The first one's really good, but I have not seen the the sequels. The sequels are... But I want to watch Jarhead 3 because it has Scott Atkins and Dante Basco. I'm like, yep, I'm Damn sold. <laughs> if, if, Dante Basco, if Dante Basco isn't in, um, if we didn't cover Dante Basco in Fist of the North Star and Blood and Bone, we would have had a Dante Basco side, annoying sidekick episode. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Every time I see him, like every time I hear him, I just go, "That's Jake Long." I just want to call him Jake Long because that's that's what I know him from. Yeah, basically that's basically Jake Long who swears a lot. <laughs> I just I just want him to fucking swear like a motherfucker. Like just I will pay money. To, just to do to see him do stand up, I will pay money to see him do stand up where he just swears like a motherfucker and just makes all these jokes and shit. Yeah, all those Asian <laughs> jokes, all those pop culture jokes. I would see, I would want to see him as comedian, basically. Because <laughs> I mean, okay, I mean, I pick, I'm, I'm not, I'm not making fun of the guy. I really do like the guy. I think he's really talented. I mean, come on, you know. Yeah. Zuko was really good. I mean, the dude can really act if you know if given the right material. But he's really funny in this because he just swears a lot. And if you if you're familiar with his work on American Dragon and, and Avatar, yeah, hello. No, but yeah, yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah. You're still here. Can you yeah, hear I'm me? Yeah, still here. Can I can hear yeah, you? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not making fun of the guy. I think he's really talented if given the right material to work with. But he's entertaining in this because. He swears like a motherfucker, and it's 
And I don't know why, but it's always funny to me seeing voice actors swear. I don't know why that's funny to me. Because childhood memories, and then you find out the childhood memory swears like a bitch, and now you're like, damn, he's grown up like, ah! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. The, the, the Michael J. White has automatically turned into us praising Donnie Bosco. Please be in our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was on fucking one of the Doug Walker's videos, so I don't, you know. <laughs> eh. Oh, God. <laughs> so, basically, basically, the chain of the command sucks. Spawn is meh, but Blood and Bone and Undisputed 2, please watch it. And Black Dynamite. So yeah, overall, Michael Michael J. White overall. What do you you know? Great actor. I would say I, I'm more, I'm more of a fan of him than I am Gary Daniels to be quite honest. Because Gary Daniels, like, while he's really good at, at kickboxing, he's not that really good of a of an actor to be quite honest. Like he's yeah. he, he he's he improved a lot like recently, but the problem with him is like his Cockney accent. It just gets in the way of everything. Personally. I am Gary Daniels is pretty much the type of guy who would work well in in less serious roles and a, a witness kill was beautiful and kind of fucking awesome because it was doesn't take itself seriously it was it was a really cheesy B movie shit but at least Michael J White can do fighting seriousness fighting gritty in a good way and that kind of works he can put heart into a lot of his movies and that's what makes me like Michael J. White more than Gary Daniels. Sorry about that dude. <laughs> but who's better though, Scott Atkins or Michael J. White? We'll see. That's real question. We'll that see. is the question. We will see. Because <laughs> in terms of fighters, I'm I'm just gonna have to go with Scott Atkins because any guy again, any guy who can do a fucking flash kick is is my hero. <laughs> yeah. But Hey, we'll see. As in his role as bearded Russian dude in the tournament, he wasn't—he wasn't exactly bad. He was kind of badass. That because he's—he can fucking fight. He's one of the best fucking martial artists ever, and I'm shocked he's not more popular. I'll Why deduct, aren't you more popular? God damn it! I'll deduct—I'll deduct a few points because he was in that X-Men Origins Wolverine film as Deadpool with a laser beam eyes. But come on, made up for it with Undisputed too. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, that, that made it up. <laughs> that made it up. Are, and we, yes, we we are gonna watch Undisputed three and four when four comes out. Scott Adkins. <laughs> Love that dude. He is awesome. I'm raising my hand for that. <laughs> and uh, before we go, we I just want to talk about what we tried to do but didn't get to do. We, we we tried doing Dolph Lundgren. We tried we watched like two Dolph Lundgren movies. And the problem with Dolph Lundgren is like both the movies we picked featured them in like minor roles yeah. and he didn't get to do much. Yeah, as in like, the that pa- was the problem. The package was very very badass in his role, especially in the cafe scene. And like I said, dude kills people with a fucking butter knife. And he does Oh, that. God. I want that gif of him, like, with the Tommy gun. That is fucking awesome. You could have just, like, um, there's ways you could do that. I will... And then the other one was, um, I forgot the name. But what he... But he's technically just, like, some dude faking Russian. Kick, kick ass, kick, kick ass. And then his existence is basically 
old guy who can be badass and still be chill. That's all his role is right now. And, you know, it kind of less, it kind of drained the awesome out of it. So, sorry. I think the problem with the second movie watch was Cuba Gooding Jr. And the problem with Cuba Gooding Jr. is he's a fucking good actor. He he's really a, is. He's a good actor in a movie that is very, very... Uh... Like, it, it's so beneath him, and I'm like, come on, dude. Like, I know your career's been shitty, but come on. Like, I hated the Bible quotes. I really did. The Bible quotes really pissed me off. I'm like, why? Does he like, want I, to... Does he want to justify himself being an assassin by putting Bible quotes, Bible quotes in everything? <laughs> Thou shall not kill as he mows down sixty fucking guys with a sniper rifle. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on! Oh come on! We would want to try to overreason ourselves with self-assuring that oh yeah, what we did is still good because you know we're killing bad guys. Damn it! What's the- <laughs> What's the title of that movie? We forgot. One in the Chamber. There we go. One in the Chamber. And the package, like, again, like, the package is really meh. Because, like, again, it's Stone Cold Steve Austin. And the editing, oh, my God, the editing in the package is really terrible. Had no fucking flow whatsoever. Yeah. No and flow. It, it felt like one scene is this, one scene is that, one scene is this, one scene is that. As in, basically, you get, like, m- many super different scenes that look like, Two movies spliced together. Two different movies, basically. I did love the end action sequence. The end action sequence is really good when they're torturing Stone Cold and <laughs> she's punching him and he's like, is that all you got, lady? Yes! That's the Stone Cold I know and love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn. I actually feel like I just wanted to say that the package has probably one of the badass stands one of the more badass stands in a movie, as in when Stone Cold she goes in all dark and very serious on the back of one of those wielding people making construction, just like wielding and they're like torch sparks around. I thought it was kind of badass. I thought to myself, well, at least you made it up a little bit. I think the problem with it is like, Lundgren is amazing in the package, but he's given very little to work with. Yeah. And then same thing with One in the Chamber. Like, he's really good, but, like, he's given shit to work with, and he gets upstaged by Cooper Gooding Jr. Yeah. And, and you know what the sad part is? As all the Dolph Lundgren movies that I watched, the best one he did was Expandables 2, and that was because he was using his chemical engineering shit, yo! <laughs> Oh, God, we're not done with Dolph Lundgren, because he's got more movies. He's the king of B-movies. Yeah, we should... God damn it, we will have a Dolph Lundgren episode. Yeah, we will... We will watch... We will watch... We will find something good, and we'll make it super awesome. I promise you guys. (laughs) Uh, And uh, before we go, do you want to talk about that other movie we saw? (laughs) Yes. Finally, a moment for Abdullah to bitch more about this movie. We are try- we we waited for so long. <laughs> oh God! He recommended oh. me this movie as vengeance for him recommending me uh, recommending him Fist of the North Star. <laughs> it's uh it's a Fifty Cent movie. 
It's called God. And you know what? After watching this movie, no, no, no. I take that back. I take I take back what I said about uh, Chain of Command being one of the the worst movie we saw on this show. Gun is the epitome of garbage. It this was... is the worst shit I've ever sat through. Period. Period. We don't like you. We don't like your movie, Fifty Cent. And if this movie proves that this is your staple movie. We hate, we officially hate your movie. We're glad you are bankrupt, man. Because <laughs> you can't, okay, you're going to say, oh, you're going to be racist and what that. No, motherfucker can't even speak English. Motherfucker. Speaks, motherfucker speaks Elmer Fudd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> the, there's, I would. There's, like, one salvaging moment, but it's more seriously hilarious than it is, like, interesting, is when it's an opening scene, and then they were, like, a ba- they were, like, thrashing a strip club, because basically, 50 Cent, 50 Cent movie, we get strip clubs, and then they were outside, and you see a bunch of guys with their guns, and then they're, like, sh- they were, like, being trigger-happy. One, the guy in the middle, I think that was not to be 50 Cent, he was, like, he was, like, shooting the gun in the most awkward way. It's like he is having an awkward seizure where shooting the gun, or his, like, eye was, like, triggered in the middle of shooting. It's like, he's just flailing his gun around, acting all exaggerated, and I was just laughing so hard that it's, like, this is going to be the only good thing in the movie, isn't it? I was right. I can't wait to talk about Val Kilmer. This movie, this movie made me feel sorry for Val Kilmer because seeing him in this, like he's fat, he's old, and he just he lo- looks depressed. He looks he like looks a hobo. <laughs> he looks like a goddamn hobo. I think they paid him in cheeseburgers. I think they paid him in Orson Welles food. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, I just feel so sorry for him. I mean, <clears throat> the movie was made in 2010, but it looks like it was made in t- 2002. That's how Wait. fucking bad this movie lo- looks. Yeah. It's atrocious. Atrocious. Basically, the plot is, um, I'm going to guess the plot. Snitch befriends 50 Cent and his crew. Snitch Snitch tells policemen, oh yeah, the policemen are the bad guys here. See, she tells the bad guys where the guns are, and then, you know, gunfight ensues. Strangely enough, 50 Cent, 50 Cent ends up in prison in the end for some reason. Oh, so there was this other subplot with this woman, and she's da- she's uh, she's uh, fucking him, and... and, and, and oh dear and God, she- I don't want to remember that! <laughs> that was so... That's, that's so cringy! <laughs> what the the sex scene or the part where Fifty Cent tries to act like a fucking badass? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Everything. Oh God, the fucking they couldn't get a real police station to shoot in, so they built this awful looking set that's so small that it's like, have you guys been in a real police station? Cause they're not that small. <laughs> this is the this is. 50 cent universe. Basically, policemen have really small budgets to build police offices with. A lot of the poli- a lot of the money has been used for like rap video shit and hiring prostitutes and strip clubs and guns and being badass, all that shit. 
And of course, Fifty Cent does what it, what everybody everyone does in these movies: sits at a bar and drinks as he says his lines. <laughs> yeah, basically, him. I thought him wearing a suit is just so freaking cringy. <laughs> I never seen a dude wear a suit and actually cringe. <laughs> at least with Michael J. White with that flat cap and a scarf, I'm like, eh, whatever. It's 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 stupid, but whatever. It's Michael J. White, but Fifty Cent is like, dude. No, doesn't look good on you. <laughs> and he just has that shit-eating grin on his face that makes me want to punch him right in his fucking mouth. He just has that shit-eating grin and those white fucking teeth. Like, ugh. Uh, basically, basically, the entire movie is glorifying 50 Cent or making us feel sorry for him. That's in the scene where where um, one dude was talking about putting a TV in somebody's, in a kid's head. It was like, that's actually fucking brutal. What the fuck was that? <laughs> oh, God, the scene where Val Kilmer's trying to call his his wife or something, and he just, she doesn't pick up, and, and he just falls down and cries. Yeah. I'm like, that's just depressing. depressing. And, and out of nowhere, Danny Trejo shows up. <laughs> oh, oh my god, Johnny J. Ho just shows up and gets shot. The end. That's, that's all the scene is. I actually feel sorry for him. Really. Even even if Machete sucks, I feel sorry for him. <laughs> like, that's the great thing about Danny Trejo. Is like, he, he's, he could be in the worst shit ever, but still be one of the most charming actors of all time. We seriously need, we seriously need to watch movies of him and make an episode. No. No, we don't. Why? <laughs> Tell me one reason. <laughs> what, do you want to watch Machete Kills? No. You want to watch that? Wait, I already watched that. It was so freaking awkward. Why the hell did he even have to watch it? Oh, I like the God, better when the, when, the be- when the best thing about your fucking movie is over-the-top Mel Gibson, you failed as a filmmaker. You yeah. have failed as a filmmaker. Alright, we won't watch Danny Trejo. It, I mean, if you want, I'll, I'll try, probably find something. Nah, it's fine. Like, we'll, Lord, no, like, he's been in shit, but, uh, like, after 50 Cent and Gun, I don't want to watch any more fucking... I don't know. This, this movie was so fucking bad, it killed my love for movies. It's like, my god... This got made. This this. How did this get made? Money. They use money. And now I know how. I know I know how. Why Fifty Cent went bankrupt? Because he spent all his money on fucking film companies. Actually, on do, doing his own fucking production company. Basically, he hired a lot of A-list celebrities in his movies. What was it? Freelancers that had Forrest Whitaker and Robert De Niro. How the fuck did that happen? I don't know. Magic. Fifty cents. He was like popular at the time, right? Oh god, poor Robert De Niro. Like Robert De Niro, man. God damn. Like, like Bruce Willis and Val Kilmer. Okay, fine, they're both washed up at this point in time. But Robert De Niro. Yeah. Robert fucking De Niro, man. Oh, could you, man? <laughs> fuck it. Fuck Gun. Fuck Fifty Cent. And fuck Cheetah Vision. Whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah. That, yeah. That's Cheetah Vision. So, yeah, that's it for us for this episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you all later. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.